Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing The Cat Stands on My Arm by The Goalie's Anxiety at the Penalty Kick, featuring my friends Becky Hanno on keyboard and vocal and Ben Kurtwright on guitar and vocal. Check out their debut album, Ways of Hearing, at thegoalie.bandcamp.com. Uh, I play keyboard and sing in the goalie. Awesome. Um, so a little bit of background uh, for each of you. Um, Becky, um, is keyboard your first instrument? Um, a lot of different instruments. Um, I guess my first instrument would be I guess piano was my first instrument, um, now that I think about it, but, um, I didn't really start playing keyboard until much later. I had like, you know, I did like the clarinet in school, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I mostly played guitar, um, and then I, I think it's fun to play keyboard and I thought in this band it would, it would, uh, make the most sense. Um, and I do, yeah, I guess it was in some ways, it was my first instrument. Like there was just one at home that you played or you took lessons growing up? or Yeah, my mom had a piano um, in our house growing up. I think she always meant to learn piano, and I think she never really took the time to do it that much until she was an adult. So it was really, uh, she really wanted me and my family to learn piano as children so that she could, you know, vicariously learned piano through us, I think. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was just always, yeah, available at home growing up. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, what about you, Ben? What was, um, your first experience with learning an instrument? Yeah. Um, so my, my first, I guess I, I probably, I played saxophone in, in school band. Um, the, uh, the larger clarinet, um, (laughs) (laughs) 
but my my first time like you know playing um like rock music i guess we we would say uh my aunt got me an acoustic guitar when I was like 12 for my birthday. Um, and it's a pretty, like, it's a, it's a Fender. I don't know exactly what, like, like particular model it is. Um, but I still have it. I still use it. I wrote, uh, all of these songs on it, like 15 years later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, been playing in bands since high school. Yeah. Um, how did you, how did you go about like b learning how to play guitar? Like from just basically being given one, um, how, what were the steps that you took to like learn? So I took six months of lessons at a local music store where uh, I learned, you know, the basic scales and, and chord shapes and whatnot. And then we moved and uh, we moved farther, like my parents, we moved farther away from the, from the music store where I was going. And I didn't pick up uh, lessons again. In fact, I don't think I touched a guitar for like another year after that because uh, Sean, I don't know if you're classically trained or, or anything, but Not like, at all. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, um, I admire anyone is, uh, I am envious of people like, like our other guitarist, Sean is, uh, clearly a better guitar player than I am. <laughs> um, probably because of additional training he got when he was younger and more practice he's done over the years on basic stuff like you know, scales and, and chord progressions and the theory and the like. Um, but after that, it was just like a lot of ultimateguitar.com. <laughs> yeah. A lot of like, a lot of like, can I, can I learn to play this Hawthorne Heights song? <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. And then, and then learning how to do it and then trying to learn a, a different one, a different song, a different song, etc. Shout out to Hawthorne Heights. One of my good friends is the guitar player in that band now. Um, oh wow! Yeah, ha has been for like quite a while. But I, but That's like huge. when I was when I was in a band with him, he obviously wasn't in Hawthorne Heights. But, um, but yeah, really, really cool. Uh, whenever um, they, you know, used to roll through uh, town on on tour and stuff, uh, my buddy Mark would text me and. Hey, you want to bring the kids and and watch the show? And and we'd be like, yeah. So we'd go down to the theater where it's like, you know. And uh, Mark would be like, come around to the side, <laughs> and we had this real clandestine, like, here's this person and and a couple children going up to the side stage and watching Hawthorne <laughs> Heights. Uh, but uh, yeah, good time. Um, <laughs> so funny. What about you, Becky? You said that like piano was your first instrument and then you were getting into other instruments um what all instruments can you play oh yeah um well let me tell you um so <laughs> i started i started with piano but i took lessons for honestly probably like nine years i took piano lessons but i didn't really learn like ben was saying like the music theory stuff just like i never actually like my piano lessons we would like <laughs> 
on. Like me and my piano teacher would just like chit chat. And then I would like just copy what she played on the piano. Like I wouldn't like read the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anyway, so I feel like I got, I had, I had a weird piano experience as a kid. Um, I played clarinet and then bassoon in school as a, as a very young child, like 12, 12 years old, I was carrying a bassoon. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then I picked up guitar when I was 14 and I, I was super into guitar. Like Ben said, the, it was just all ultimate guitar and covers, you know, <laughs> just like for fun. Yeah. Um, I played bass um, and I sort of, I've, I've worked at thrift stores for a number of years. So I've just sort of accumulated a lot of instruments. So like, I just like have kept things. And as I've found like weird instruments, I'll like take them in, you know? So like, I have like an accordion, I have like a, a two accordions um, and like, a bunch of weird like little keyboards that do like weird stuff you know and like yeah. <laughs> random guitars um yeah I, I wouldn't say I'm like super technically skilled at any of them but I just like I think it's so fun <laughs> yeah um, yeah no I'm exactly yeah. the same way I have a bunch of things that I really have no like I have no talent at whatsoever <laughs> but I will yeah. I will squeak it into a song sooner or later you know like <laughs> I can't really play the trumpet, but I've played trumpet in two songs. Like, Very sick. I'm like, I really only need to figure out how to make three notes for what I want to do. So, <laughs> right. like, you know. Even just one sometimes at the yeah. right moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, uh, have like a, per, you know, a propensity to going to thrift stores and, uh, and music shops and just like I have an accordion that I bought because mm -hmm. it was like ten dollars because it's missing like it's missing like one key and I was mm -hmm. like I don't I don't know how to play any of the keys right so what's this one you know yeah Who that's cares? that's one out of how many yeah 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 exactly. there's so many I'm my like, accordion's yeah. also missing a key and it's like totally fine yeah 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 exactly it's like if I get that far where <laughs> this missing you, one key is going to be it's everything's going to hinge on that then i'll then i'm good enough to buy another one you know <laughs> it's worth the investment yeah, at yeah, that point yeah, yeah exactly um well that's really awesome um so as far as like you know your your each of your personal journeys into like the appreciation of music and stuff um like what kind of music was playing in your house when you were growing up becky um, do you mean that like I played or that was like um, around? Like, like what, like, what did your parents listen to that, you know, or, or your siblings or, you know, yeah. um, if you had any. That's so funny. I was actually just reminiscing about the CDs that my mom used to keep in her car. Cause she only had four CDs and it was, um, Donovan, Joni Mitchell, uh, Carol King and, um, shoot, what was the last one? Uh, I can't remember it. it, it a lot of like folksy stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think Tapestry by Carole King was like always on at my house growing up. Um, but I, I think that was really before I um, was like seeking out music. Um, but I know my brother when um, when Napster was out, like when, when that was having a moment, yeah. my brother would download only like top forty hits. So it was like just the most bizarre, you know, early two thousands like. I don't know. The pop scene in that year was really strange. Just because Napster was just so, it was so big. 
you just had to listen to the songs you downloaded from Napster, like Jojo, uh, Leave Get Out. I remember that was that came out that year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that is that an older brother, Becky? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm realizing realizing I've never met your siblings. No, he lives in California now, and my other brother lives in New York. So that that would do it. <laughs> yeah, I literally never see them. Yeah. But. So how did you start discovering like the kind of music that you know you would later wind up like playing in bands and stuff? I actually used to browse the net. There was like all of these. So after Napster, I don't know why I'm, I loved pirating music as a child. Um. After Napster disintegrated, um, there was a lot of like influx of blogs that would post playlists that you could just like right click download MP3. Um, so I forget what the name of the websites were, um, but I would like browse these and look for key songs that I liked. So if there was a song that I heard like randomly on the radio or like, I don't know where I initially would find something, but wherever I would like look for people who put that in a playlist and then I would just download the whole playlist and like listen to it. And I like would get into these weird like webs of music. Um, and I got, I was like super nerdy about it. Like I would like research all the bands and like, I would go on like songmeanings.net, you know what I'm saying? And just uh. like, like, <laughs> like just like really get into it um, yeah. with people. So that was where my brain was. And I found a lot of, you know, I, I honestly did get super into emo music as a kid. Cause like, how could you not being a child of the internet? Um, but yeah, there was a lot of uh, strange things that I was into as like a child. Like I was, I don't know. I, I got really into like bossa nova for a while and like jazz. There was this like smooth jazz station that I used to listen to all the time. Um, you know, it, I, I found I found a way to find music online, but I can't really, I don't really know what it was. Yeah. A lot of really small like MySpace bands too that weren't like. I don't know. They never, like, there was this one band I found called Try the Pie, which was, like, this really twee, like, small band online. And I thought they were so famous because they were online, you know? Uh, and then yeah. I realized, like, anybody can just post music. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. that's a devastating, like, um, that's a devastating moment, like, as a parent when, uh, when I've, um, in the past, my kids have been like, you have a record? I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? And then later they're just like, everyone has a record. Who cares? You know? Like, you can yeah. actually you can actually make one of those for like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's like, damn. And then so now I just like fantasize about getting really good at like Terraria and then earning oh. you know, earning my children's respect back. But uh, I'm now that, now Terraria, that's a game I could talk your ear off about. Now, see, now we're talking because, you know, we'll have to get into that some other time because now you can help me get back. And I mean, it's, I don't know, it's funny, like um, when that game Shovel Knight came out, I remember they were really into it, but not that good at it. Right. And um, <laughs> and I was just I was that's like the games I grew up with you know basically uh -huh. and uh mm -hmm. so i'm just like plowing through this game and they're like oh my god you're so good at shovel knight and you know i was telling my partner i was like shovel knight's gonna save this damn family you know <laughs> uh, but uh, that's, so, that's the see, best feeling in the world yeah. <laughs> to just be like so good at a video game and like a child is like oh like you're, you're so amazing good. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I must be from just like the half generation behind you because I got Shovel Knight on a 
on a Steam sale or something like a few years ago. And I I beat it. Like I beat the main campaign or whatever. But the whole time I was just going like, this is unfair on purpose. This is not intended to be fun. Oh, <laughs> like just the how how it's like the challenge of it is like the classic Nintendo hard s- scenario or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It was just like a little bit too hard for me to so find it fun. Yeah. But I made it. Yeah. I'm I'm in I must be in some really precise like crux between like people that are you know because like i can't play like the mega man games and stuff because because they're what you're describing that nintendo heart Mm -hmm. but like shovel knight is just enough like i'm just between these two worlds enough to where i was getting that but i don't know it's just yeah it's gonna save this family um (laughs) like the family needed saving but you know uh anyway um so um how about how about you ben what kind of um music was playing around your house growing up and uh how did you you know uh start finding you know the music that you'd you know come to love on your own i mean um the hawthorne heights thing earlier was not a was not a joke uh the first like experience i can remember in like you know finding music or being being introduced to music was my cousin Sydney who uh, she lives in Chicago she's like a year older than me and so when I was 13-ish she gave me a copy of Silence in Black and White like as we were leaving her place after Christmas or something like that and I had like my parents were not really they didn't play a lot of music around like i can't remember things my parents might have been listening to when i was when i was younger we weren't like a talk about music think about music all the time family so i kind of had to you know start doing that on my own in the days of early last fm and then eventually bandcamp comes out and you're just like searching bandcamp tags my friend clay and i in high school used to do that all the time just like Whenever a new emo band came out on, like, we, we would just sit there searching emo on Bandcamp <laughs> yeah. to see what to see what came up. I remember finding the Brave Bird uh, EP that way and being, like, convinced it was the best thing I'd ever heard for, like, six months or so. Uh, I still like it a lot, but it was just, like, I felt proud of having found Brave Bird in Bandcamp uh, search at that point um yeah i i wish i had a more interesting story i wish i could i wish i could say that there was like you know uh, becky's music taste is much more eclectic than mine i think i figured out i liked indie emo at like 17 and then stayed in that in that category for a really long time yeah i mean it's infinite that category though it is, yeah. That's what I was going to say is, like, you browsing that tag, like, however many years ago when Bandcamp first really took off versus browsing that tag now, like, that would just be endless now. And yeah. You're, and you're, I mean, I think that what you would come across would be a lot more varied now as well, you know, just oh, like... Totally. Because there's... 
people just realized that tagging something a certain way will generate traffic, you know, uh, for lack of a better <clears throat> term. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's cause I mean, you know, I don't know if you, you, you brought up, uh, in one of the texts that we were sending, uh, a messenger before, uh, that, that old group Nair that we were in. And, um, I don't know if you remember, you know, when people first started calling like stuff, scrams or whatever how yeah how devi how like divisive that term was and uh and there was like people that were just like irate with it like if you call your stuff like scrams like you're dead to me and uh people actually like bands that i had done split records with um we we tagged it scrams and they were uh -huh. like mad and and I was like, like seriously, I called, I tagged it that because it's, I mean, that's what this is to some people. I mean, I'm not trying uh -huh. to open that can of worms, but like, um, it was like the second, like you used to be able to look at like what's the most searched tags or whatever, and it was like uh -huh. the second or third highest search tags. So I was like, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I tagged it that, you know, but uh. Yeah, I mean, what was like, that one? Do you remember the one, uh, the forum? It was like, cross my heart with a knife or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, al always got called cum whack, which I think was the, the, the main reason people went there. Yeah, yeah. Because they thought that was funny. Like yeah. arguing back and forth over whether something, whether scrams is a genre. Oh yeah. God. Well, I think like the person that started that forum is the person who coined the term as well alex bigman from yeah uh go spirit yeah um so they yeah that would be a, an appropriate spot for that argument i guess <laughs> but um but yeah i don't know i was just <clears throat> i just brought that up because yeah i mean like i can't even imagine searching for you know the tag the tag emo now like what you, you'd really find some quite different things which you know is like i'm not like uh i'm not trying to disparage that idea either um but uh it would just like becky said it'd be infinite mm -hmm. um,
So um, that's how y'all like started um, listening to this kind of music and stuff. But um, were you, um, were either of you or, or um, like, did you get involved in like local shows and or like a local like DIY community um, at an early age? And if so, how did you, you know, how did you discover like live music in your areas and like start connecting like with going to shows and stuff. So Becky, you, you were in, you were in Philadelphia, right? Or were you nearby? Um, yeah, I grew up just outside of Philly, like coming into the city to do things, you know? Um, but I, I started living full time in the city when I was like 20. Yeah. I was out in, I In Omaha, as as you can, I mean, as you can imagine, it's kind of a smaller scene. It, it it I guess the way I would describe it is like if if you liked you know emo revival music or or you know screamo music or or something like that, then you were you were one of like you know a hundred people who would you know in groups of twenty or whatever show up at, at gigs and and you you I mean you'd have to get involved with like running half of them um like i remember uh i remember a brief foray into like i i booked dowsing i booked brave bird um i was in a band uh first a band called rex manning and then a band uh, called naturally the foundation will bear your expenses um we played a lot of those like you know diy emo shows and in, in and around omaha uh, just because there weren't that many, <laughs> there weren't that many bands that could, that would play that kind of show, or that many different people that would go out to them. Um, actually, uh, God, I, I really like. I don't know. I I really want the goalie to play out in Omaha sometime. Uh, it's not going to be anytime soon, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be next year next month or i mean hopefully it'll be like next year or something um it was for a brief moment like it was in my head as like the end point of whatever tour we might try to do this summer when we were originally talking about releasing this record in the spring uh the hope was that we'd be able to tour it over the summer and my pet dream was to like make it out to omaha and play a quote-unquote hometown uh, show again. Yeah, we are talking about Nebraska, correct? 
We are, yeah. Okay. Um, just just to make sure. Yeah, I mean, I, de- I definitely, like, we've played there, and, uh, it, and it was cool. Um, and I definitely know, like, some cool people there. Um, yeah. Which band was that with that you uh, played out there? Coma Regalia. Okay, cool. We played out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I definitely know, I, I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm still friends with the people that I uh-huh. know from out there, like years later and, and better friends with them now. And, uh, than, than I was, you know? And so I, I think, uh-huh. I take that as a win, you know? Uh, yeah, totally. it was a good time. And, uh, even though, um, my, my buddy's, uh, my buddy's cat, <clears throat> I woke up. I woke up with the cat uh, needing needing on me, which is fine. But it was also needing on my air mattress. It like you know, and and um, so I woke up with an air mattress that was like seventy five percent deflated, <laughs> and I was Classic. like, oh, you know. <laughs> um, but it was the like second to last day of tour, so that was like also a blessing. Um, but yeah, um, so you said. Like, you, Becky, you said that you, when you were like twenty, you you moved into the city, and mm-hmm. so then did you, did you start like, you know, going to shows, and and uh, were you playing oh. in bands at that time already, or? When I was like um like fourteen um or so, my friend and I started like going to concerts as like an activity. So we would like take the train into the city. Um, and like, you know, go to shows and it was such a like very exciting thing. You know, I thought every band was famous uh, again cause I was 14. Yeah. Um, and so I was like really interested in like concerts as like a social activity to do. Um, and then, um, I was doing a, a lot, a lot of like, you know, open mic nights at like, a, I would do like an open mic night at a coffee shop or something, or like if there was like some like talent show for some reason in my vicinity as a child, I would like want to, you know, play for it. So I definitely really liked performing like music, but I didn't, um, have like, I don't know. I was, you know, a child, (laughs) I was like 14. So I didn't really have like a community of DIY people yet. But yeah, when, when I moved into the city, um, my roommates, um, really introduced me to people. And I, my first band was actually with one of my roommates, Eddie, we were called the no-nos and that was so much fun. Um, just like a bad band, you know, we, we played like a couple shows and then we never did it again. But, um, I've had a lot of like really small, like music projects and, and things with, uh, bands since then. But the goalie is really the only band that's ever been like a project where we sort of like think about it and like sort of take it seriously and like, and try to like, you know, pitch it to other people as like a, you know, a thing. And it's honestly been so fun to experience it this way, but I I have been in like, yeah, just like, you know, silly projects (laughs) in Philly. Um, You said the no-nos was like, uh, basically your first band and you did say you played shows. So what was Mm -hmm. your first experience playing a show like? Um, my first experience playing a show in Philly, I, I played, um, uh, I want to call it lead guitar in this band, but that's really, uh, generous. Um, I would like riff, you know what I mean? Like, um, and my friend was like the, um, Olivia was the front man 
And she had this like huge energy and she would like scream and like stomp around. And we were like this like noisy, like, you know, fuzz band. I don't know. And our first show was for, um, there's a place called Cloud Coffee in Philly. It's uh, Olivia's friend, I think ran it, if I remember correctly. And they had like an opening party in this like, <laughs> this like where, warehouse, I think. And there was like this one performance of like a string, like a, like a classical group in one corner and then when they ended it like transitioned to us we were the only like you know like band like rock band and we played it was like it was a crowd of maybe like 30 to 50 people it was pretty crowded and there was like food trays everywhere it was very fancy like experience was that is that cloud coffee the the temple coffee cart yeah the temple coffee cart yeah oh my god so i missed them yeah, I think I think I had their coffee once. I think, and it was good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I've had it uh, probably a hundred times <laughs> because it's like the only it's the it's, it's the, the good coffee it's the good coffee card on, on yeah. Temple's campus. Um, <laughs> and I guess for the for the listeners, I work up there. So okay, very cool. Yeah. What about you, Ben? What was your first show like? Oh God! What was my first show? <laughs> I the the first one I remember was um, so a few friends of mine in high school. Uh, this was the band uh, we were called Rex Manning. It was named after uh, obviously the character from Empire Records. Um, I would call it like I don't know. It was probably like 2011, 2012, something like that. I would have been 18 or 19. Um, it was at a, a place called The Commons in Omaha. It was uh, on 13th Street right next to... Both of these places are closed now, which is very sad. The, the Commons isn't like a show space anymore, as far as I know. Uh, it might still be some kind of community space. Um, and I remember spending the whole night kind of going back and forth between there and uh, the donut stop, which was a 24-hour, you know, donuts and coffee place right next door that was run by this old couple in Omaha, uh, who basically ran it until they until they both died. Um, it was a, you know, like one of those local staple type places um, where you get very excited to go when you're like 18 or 19 because it's very new and and cool to you that a place could even be be open at midnight. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Taylor, Trevor, and Clay had like had the band Rex Manning before before me, and I was just kind of like, I don't know, I would just go hang out at their practice space along with a couple of our other friends, like uh, this guy Tommy, this girl Aaron. We would just kind of like, you know, sit around. Sometimes like someone would grab another instrument and play something, and eventually I was just kind of like, I don't know asked into the band um playing second guitar uh and yeah i, I it's funny um becky i you talked about doing open mics and stuff when you were younger uh i don't think i've ever done anything like that um <laughs> like which is odd now that i now that i think of it um but like i really don't like like playing the guitar and singing in front of people. Um, 
potentially (laughs) (laughs) or at least like doing so alone is like very very much like i don't i wouldn't enjoy it i don't enjoy it uh i think i've like played and and sang without a band maybe like twice in my life um and and both times i was like you know shaking like dripping sweat afterwards and like needed to go needed to go lie down (laughs) um which is funny because i now i mean you you do that a lot you play i do it well and i don't want to say like and i still don't like it because (laughs) obviously obviously like i really you know i really miss playing shows with the goalie i really enjoy doing so but i for me it's a completely different like emotional or psychological experience playing with a band versus just like just sitting on a stool and and being in some bar surrounded by strangers and expecting expecting all of them to to listen to and be impressed by your your neutral milk hotel cover or whatever like i can't do it i can't do it yeah yeah I, i've never done an open mic like ex- exactly um mm-hmm. like there was um there was a the last few months that my band A Camille was um, a thing, we did not have a drummer, but we had shows booked already. So we were either just trying to find people to play, um, or we would just do because we we were a screamo band, but we had keyboard and violin. So we would just uh-huh. go without the drums and we would just play acoustic, and uh-huh. like uh, we would try to mic everything but the vocals, the sort of like make that you know like more normalize the screaming you know level uh-huh. uh and mm-hmm. um like it was it was cool but um yeah like one of the uh like the, the only time i ever did an open mic it it's was one of those shows but it's like it almost doesn't feel it doesn't seem like it's an open mic because it was like scheduled aren't they usually just like not scheduled at all like that that's the whole idea right you just like go and you get in line to like you know yeah there's there, sometimes it'll be like thursday nights or like the first i don't know but it, yeah there's they're really chaotic like you just sort mm-hmm. of notice them and then you're like in the moment like do i want to do that yeah yeah <laughs> like so, okay yeah so that's why i feel like i that's why i feel like even though i did play this one like it doesn't count because we knew like way ahead that we were playing this thing and you know, it was like a scheduled thing. And I mean, don't get me wrong, totally. it was weird. But uh <laughs> we I mean we played like a lot of regular shows that way as well. Like, you know, we we'd play like just any show that a loud band would play and it would be like it'd be really cool because it was people that were going to see the show specifically, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like people who were showing up at the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. You know, just yeah. to right. enjoy the, coffee. Yeah. The humiliation of open mic is that nobody wants necessarily to hear you play. They're just there for the experience. You know, they're like there for the coffee or they're there for the event of an open mic. But like you are a stranger to everyone. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like a new band playing on a bill, like they're at least like the buy-in is there. You know, they're like, okay, I'll listen to your music specifically. Yeah, but you just go up on stage at an open mic and you just like, there's like no, you just do it. You have to just do it for yourself. It's definitely was not 
I did not feel super encouraged by the open mic community as a 14-year-old. Uh, it was very isolating. And, like, in, in retrospect, I would never want that on a – like, if I could go tell my 14-year-old self, like, you know, it's not like this to perform music. Like, open mics are just weird, you know. Like, that would be helpful to know because – I was like, this is so, like, you feel like such an alien doing an open mic alone, you know? Yeah. But it's, like, the only thing you know to do when you're 14. Like, that's the only outlet for it. But it was, it was a good practice experience, I guess. You know, it's good to feel humiliated on stage at least, like, once in your life. And then you're, like, it's up from there usually, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, yeah. I, <laughs> Like I, I don't know. I was, you said you said at least once, and I'm just like think to myself, "Wow, <laughs> I I don't know how many times I felt like, you know, humiliated or whatever." Um, but I, I don't know. I guess that depends on like your. Um, I guess that depends on how how personally you take everything. You know what I mean? Like right. Yeah. Like oh, um, I was a raw nerve at 14. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Like I was like, this is my life. <laughs> I'd like play an open mic, and I'd be like, my yeah. my future. You know, it, it was like yeah. real. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's like I I when I play, I put the microphone down like waist level, and <laughs> people were like, why why do you do that? And I'm like, I can't look at people when I sing, because I like I it gets in my head like real bad, like. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like that kind of thing. Like when you're, you know, from having these ex experiences where people weren't really into you, like, uh, what you're doing while you're playing and you, and you're just like, no, like nobody cares. Nobody cares, you know? And you just like, like you said, somebody go back and say, it's not always like that. You know, it's usually better than this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. As far as Bandcamp is concerned, you released uh, what was called Full Band Demos on January 2nd in 2019. Um, how long had the band been together when you released that? And see, I didn't even listen to that because I've only heard the, um, the album and then I saw that 
those uh, those songs on the full band demos thing ended up on the album. So I was like, oh, I'm going to check out those later and see like how different they were or whatever. Um, but um, like as of now, I, you know, still haven't listened to the, the three songs that are on the demo. Um, but how long had y'all been a band when you recorded that? And how did the band like come together? You know, there's, there's six of you and, you know, deciding what, what elements you wanted into the band was obviously, you know, um, different than just like, well, we need two guitars, a bass and drums. <laughs> so how this well, all come fun- together? It's funny because like, as a musician, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to take the demo down <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it is some of the same songs and they're, they're just not, not as good or not as fully formed as, as someone who used to, you know, go on Bandcamp and look through stuff a lot, though, like, I think I would have appreciated someone's demo still being up, uh, so that I, so that I could hear it or so that I could go back to it if I if I wanted to. Uh, as far as those demos, so I guess it would have been 2018, summer of 2018. Uh, I, we've demoed these songs a lot of times. I'm a I'm a compulsive demoer. Um, so I wrote like the first, I guess the first five songs plus two that didn't end up making it on the album or really being turned into full band songs. Um, in the summer of 2018, just kind of acoustic guitar, uh, logic, loops, musical typing on the toy piano setting, you know. Um, and thought they were i don't know good enough to start trying to make into something so got first becky and uh my friend sean who plays guitar and then uh, our friend Alyssa, the the drummer uh we all got kind of on board around that time and i think that's i think that's everyone who played on that on the demo that's still available on Bandcamp uh, is me, Becky, Sean, and Alyssa. Um, and that was kind of like the, I don't know, the core of the band for a while. Uh, we recorded those in Becky's house. Uh, I, I don't remember whether the ones that got uploaded, whether that's what I mixed or whether that's what Sean mixed or whether we, we did it together. Um, and we uploaded it around that time because that's when we started. That's when we started first playing shows. Our first show was at uh, Transpicos out in, out in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. Very very odd that our first show was was not a local show. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to think of it, but it was a ton of fun. Um, we played that. What what's up, Becky? Oh, sorry. I was just thinking that was that in this that January, right? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. So we released the demo to like have something to show people if we wanted to you know try to book more shows or try to try to play more shows um and wrote a few more songs that spring uh got a bass player finally mike joined the band um our first violin player i knew that we needed a violin in the band i really wanted there to be a violin in the band um, our first violin player was Alyssa's friend, Gabe, who was 
He's an excellent musician. Um, uh, can you still hear me? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, my my desktop went to sleep for a second. Sorry. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, Gabe was an excellent musician. I mean, he is an excellent musician. Uh, I would say um, too excellent of a musician for us, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> because uh, his time was sort of at a premium, filled up with like, like he was studying the hey, violin. Hey. Yeah, like paid gigs. Like <laughs> it was like, do you want to come? Do you want to come play with the goalie for twenty <laughs> people? <laughs> In a, in a basement or a warehouse in West Philadelphia, or do you want to make several hundred dollars? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, Alyssa um, has her, her master's in percussion performance and knew Gabe through the music program at uh, Temple University, where I went to grad school uh, as well, um, work now. And... Uh, so that's how Gabe got involved with the band. And I think there's still video of that Transpico show up. You'll see us performing with him instead of with Anna, our current violin player, who uh, I think Sean was the one who knew Anna. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, also she started. From... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Also from music school. Also from music school. Yeah, Sean and, Sean and Alyssa are the two like really great musicians in this band. No, no disparaging anyone else. No, they carry us. <laughs> yeah. I like, we were talking earlier about, um, like my experience learning guitar, how I kind of like stopped trying to learn things right at the point where you have to either, you know, get good or just accept that you're always going to be a, a slightly mediocre guitar player. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but Sean pushed through that point. Uh, he he studied uh, music business and and production technology. Uh, got his degree there um, at the University of the Arts here in the city. Uh, Where you also teach? I do also teach there. Yeah, <laughs> I did not I did not meet him through uh, through teaching there. Um, I started teaching there after I met him, uh, though he was still going there at the time, which was pretty funny because I would I would see him. Um, it was his senior year. It was my first year uh, teaching in their their equivalent of an English department part time. And I would see him on the see him on the street and they're like, hey, Sean, I'm just I'm just going to work. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he's an excellent guitar player. Uh, he. um plays um he's played in other bands in philadelphia he actually uh the 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 most interesting fun fact about sean's gear setup is that he built the amplifier he uses Mm -hmm. for our shows like with it with his hands (laughs) yeah he's Um, very handy with electronics and he is he he fixed something for you didn't he yeah, he d- he fixed two. I I think it was two different things. Yeah, he fixed my my Casio keyboard, and then I think he tried to fix this pedal I got, but apparently it was like beyond <laughs> beyond repair. Was, it, was that the was that the big muff? Yeah, no, the big muff is lives on. It was like one. It was like an electro harmonics one from the eighties I got from Geo's that uh, Durstra used to work at. Um, I, I thought it was such a deal, and then it was like you know totally busted, but worth well, it. You, worth it to try. You, 
I mean, if you if you buy every piece of music gear or or electronics that that comes through, you know, oh yeah, I did. Then, <laughs> yeah, then you'll end up with one or two broken things, but you'll for also sure. end up getting a big muff for ten dollars. Exactly. Yeah, and it's a good object, even though it's broken. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we recorded those demos uh, over the winter of 2018, 2019, before we started playing shows. Um, we felt ready to go into the studio like summer of 2019. Uh, and then, uh, as I said, I'm a compulsive demoer. So I got everyone together, like right before we made the pitch to like a couple studios in Philadelphia, um, to record another full demo of the album, which I don't think anyone has ever heard or probably ever will hear. Um, and yeah, uh, recorded that summer, uh, finished around September, mixed, mastered. I would say the album was like, was done this year in like February or March. Uh, but then of course the pandemic hit and any attempt to like, to like release it or get it out or make something of it was, was put on hold for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, um, trying to like, were you trying to, you know, because initially everyone was told this is going to go by us in two months, you know, or whatever. Uh, were you trying to wait that out and see, you know, see if there would be a better time to release it? Or were there other things going on as well? Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a combination of like, I, I, I everyone just got really busy. <laughs> um mm -hmm with adjusting to like remote work and, and like, I, I've mentioned this, I, I teach like creative writing and, and composition. Uh, and the, the month or two where we were moving from teaching in person to teaching online was really, really hectic, really busy, uh, for me. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't say I was like, oh, we'll just we'll just wait a couple months and then. Uh, the funny story here, actually, um, is that we were maybe so. We should have maybe pitched harder to labels um, <laughs> at the start. Uh, there was kind of a uh, an understanding going in that like. Um, I don't know, like, uh, we were all fine with just putting it out ourselves. We would have been fine with, with putting it out ourselves. We were, in fact, probably a week away from actually doing so because we did some, like, we did some first contacts with a few labels we knew, um, and it didn't seem like anything was going to come of it. Uh, and by that point, it was, like, April, and we were like, ugh, this is, you know, this is exhausting. No one's going to... No one's going to get back to us while everyone's so, you know, caught up in, in keeping their lives running. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so we'll just, we'll just put it out. We'll just, we'll just put it out. We'll just see what happens. Um, and it was like, like I said, it was like a week before the, I had it scheduled to publish on, on Bandcamp that uh, Keith from Count Your Lucky Stars uh, got back to me and was like, "Hey, I, I like it a lot. I want to do want to do cassettes," um, which was incredible and has been absolutely 
incredible uh, working with Keith and being able to like, you know, put it out with Count Your Lucky Stars. Uh, it also meant that like, due to production delays and like having to go through the extra steps of like preparing a, a physical release that an album that we were about to release ourselves online in in like April ended up coming out in October. But I don't know, it feels like fall music anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's worth it. Yeah. Sure. Um, so you said that you, you um, heard back from Key. So did you just, was it just sort of like a cold call situation? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, I've known Keith since maybe 2015 or so, maybe 2014, something like that. Just because, uh, as I said earlier, like if you were involved in the you know DIY emo revival scene in in Omaha, you pretty much just met everyone who came through. Oh yeah, uh, because it was the same you know, 20, 30 people at, at shows and, and booking shows and, and running shows like, uh, and so we, we first met back then. Um, and then, you know, I just saw him at other, at other gigs and, and stuff in like in Chicago where I'd go out there sometimes. Uh, and I don't want to say we like kept in touch because that makes it sound more more intimate than it was. But he, you know, like he knew who I was, I knew who he was, mm-hmm. uh, and then I just like <laughs> I, I DM'd him on Twitter. Actually, um, is how we made the initial like business contact for <laughs> for okay. the goalie. Um, just like. Uh, I, and I wasn't, I felt like I was like bothering, I felt like I was bothering everyone to whom I sent the record, right? right. Um, I'm just not, I'm not great at that, like, you know, the business networking step. Um, I'm a salesperson. I'm not a salesperson. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was, I was talking to uh, a few people I knew um, from like, you know, music scenes back then. Um, just to kind of ask, like, you know, do you know of anyone who might be interested in this? Uh, and Eric uh, Chaya from from Dowsing suggested, like, like, hey, it looks like Keith's putting stuff out again. You should just, like, send it to him, see what comes of it. Um, so I did. Uh, I sent him a link. Um, I, yeah, and then we, we heard back from him, and that was that. Was that. That's awesome. Um one thing I wanted to ask, and this is kind of like a, a step back in the one we were talking about a minute ago, but you, you've described yourself a couple times as a compulsive demoer. Um, I wonder, because I have felt this way oftentimes when I've um, run a song like more than once, do you ever feel like from one uh, demo of a of a song like do you ever um feel like from one recorded iteration to a to a different recorded iteration of it that you have lost some aspect of it 
Um, I mean, you always are going to hopefully feel like you gained mm -hmm. more than you lost or else, you know, you would have just stuck with the first recording. But has there ever been like just a, a some moment of spontaneity that you've had with a previous recording where you're just like, oh, why couldn't we capture that little whatever that was when we did it this other way? Um. I mean, the there's a few like goalie songs we're working on, or I guess I'm working on right now. Um, I do most of like the first run songwriting for for the band. It's kind of been like I'll send an idea to people, and then you know Sean will maybe practice something over it, and then eventually we'll we'll get into a room together, which we haven't really been able to do for for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. um, but the one of the songs uh, I'm working on right now, I think the first demo of it is really, really good. Um, but I didn't record the first demo to a to a click to a metronome. Um, and so Sean, after hearing it, was like, "Hey, can you can you do this to a click uh, so that I can practice to it?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. No problem." <laughs> and so I and so I re-recorded it. Um, and I think the second. Like the two versions, I guess I don't know. Becky might say they they sound pretty much the same. I think the second one is way way worse. Uh, and so over over winter break, I'm actually planning on trying to go back a third time. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't. I'm not saying that being off tempo made it better. I don't think that being off tempo made the first version better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I talked about this fairly recently. Where like, yeah, I haven't done that a ton of times. Like. Um, where I've recorded to a click for uh -huh. like my own band's songs. Um, but the one time when I, you know, was getting ready to record these two songs for a split seven inch and I was like, I'm going to record to a click this time. Like I never do that and I should do that. Right. That's, you know, professionalism or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> I did it and I, I fucking hated it. I not it sucks. not yeah. the like, you know. I just listening to the songs back. I was just like, I don't like this, and I just <laughs> recorded them like. I really like. I just I saved it. I opened up a new project. I did the exact same thing. I mean, I felt like I did the exact same thing, except I just did not have a click in my head, and I recorded the songs like all over again and i was just like that's good that's what i'm talking about and i yeah i don't know what that what that was i do record like to clicks all the time for like other people's stuff like uh -huh. but um it doesn't really feel weird to me because like i don't know i guess i have less of an imagination of like what perfect version of this thing would be like you know so mm -hmm. i don't know if that's like True. a factor yeah. you know but um well pretty much all of the goalie songs there's some version that exists on my laptop that's like me playing the the rhythm guitar which is more or less what i play now and then playing like two other rhythm guitar parts over it and then like a lead over it that is in every case, worse than the lead that Sean ended up <laughs> writing for the song. <laughs> um, and 
uh, a piano part or a keyboard part that's worse than the keyboard part that Becky wrote for the song. Um, but I really like, I, I kind of figure out what the songs sound like by, by recording and, and re-recording and, and, you know, re-re-recording them, I think. Yeah. Um, they go through all of that before, um, most of the, most of the, in most cases before I even would like, would like send it to Becky or something like that. Yeah. The thing is Ben is like really consistent music player. Like that's like the one thing I remember he told me when we first started making music together, he's like, I could play the same thing like <laughs> over and over again. And like, I'll never mess it up. But you know, and I feel like for me, like, I can't play the same thing more than once. <laughs> like, I like, you know, like blackout when I play music, I have no idea like what I'm playing. It was honestly such a nightmare in that way. And for that one reason, recording, I mean, Henry was amazing and Mark was so patient, the person who did the recording, but I, you know, so in terms of like, I totally relate to what you're saying about the demo, like the first draft there's always some like special little thing to it that is like you can never replicate or if you do replicate it, it feels like it's losing it somewhere else, you know, but I feel like it's kind of worth it because, you know, like I feel like practicing it and making more and more demos or recordings, like you're fleshing it out more and more and then you can go back to the first one and sort of once you know the song better, like add in the, you know, little pieces that you like. That's how I feel, but yeah. I think if I did that in most cases with my bands, like by the time you got to the final, like whatever, uh, the song would just be a lot faster. It wouldn't necessarily be better. <laughs> it would just be well, faster. Well, that's what the that's what the that's what the click is. For. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It allows I mean, you to like, oh, it's it's gonna keep being eighty beats per minute yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because like, yeah, I don't know. That's that's um. Yeah, that's one one thing when when like uh, the the person that um, I play drums with the most now um, when he first came, and I kept saying I'm like the songs are faster now, you know they're they're a lot faster, and uh, you know then it was like no they're they're faster than that still, but um yeah I also I I um I really relate to what you're saying Becky as, as far as like playing uh, the same thing like over and over or whatever and it's kind of funny one time i was um showing one of the guitar players um the one of the songs because i used to play drums in the band um i was so i was showing one of the guitar players the songs because i i had written them all um and he was like why do you always do like a different thing like every third time or like every like whatever i'm like i literally just can't count i don't like, remember what yeah, i'm playing <laughs> i have to yeah exactly like i can't i just can't sit there and do this like this many times <laughs> has to be different like the third time or whatever or, so i know that's the third time and then there's one more and then you switch or however it is you know absolutely but, uh, yeah, yes yeah it's uh it's, i don't know you know you just i'm sorry go ahead uh, sorry, my mic, my mic's messed up. Hang on. Oh, no worries. Oh. Yeah, I feel like those variations in the sound are like 
little landmarks to know you where the turns are. You know, you're yeah. like, I don't know how many times we do this chorus, but I know that at one point it gets like a little loud and then it becomes this or like, you know, whatever. I, I can't like keep track of it, like with a click mathematically in my head. Um, See, for, for me, like the goalie songs are like intentionally repetitive songs. And I think that came from like at least a little bit from writing them by trying to just play the same thing over and over again and like, um, you know, loop it or or like record it and then record over it and then record over it again and then put us like very few of the songs have a ton of movement or a ton of a ton of different parts in them. Um, I remember being younger and kind of like getting into songwriting for the first time and feeling like uh, feeling like like I couldn't write a like a verse chorus verse song, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like not ever wanting to do the same thing twice in a song, because at that point, my like in my head, for some reason, it was like, well, same thing twice you might as well be doing a different thing <laughs> instead to make it make it more interesting or something like that um and writing the goalie song was like i guess exercising that that part of myself uh if that makes sense yeah. mm -hmm. um and trying to just be like like how many times can i can i play the, the same, you know, C to G chord progression and, and manage to make an interesting song out of it. Or like, um, how can I how can I write a song that's five minutes long and only has four chords in it, but that doesn't feel five minutes long or that doesn't feel like like it don't it doesn't have anything going on in it. I don't know. Yeah, totally. it's kind of weird. Like I, I've only like ever heard anything like this once before but you know when um and i have written plenty of songs that have verse chorus or however you want to describe it but um like you know 98 percent of the coma regalia songs are just um like it's just parts that don't repeat itself and one uh -huh. time someone was like why don't you ever repeat any of the parts? And I said, if you want to hear this part again, just listen to the song again. <laughs> like, don't worry yeah. about it. It's only it's only a minute long, you know. Um, right. Yeah, it's like just just play it again. It's nope. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Um, True. Yeah. So you said you've been demoing like lots of songs, and um, you know, uh, this obviously like um, isn't a time when a lot of people can you know get together and and uh -huh. um, and rehearse and stuff like you said you haven't been able to get together with anyone for you know obvious reasons um right but um have have you been able to uh keep working on new material like through like you know file sharing and like swapping um back like renders you know from home recording and stuff um have you been able to keep as a like more as a band keep working on new stuff through all this like thanks to like you know technology and stuff or a little bit yeah uh maybe not maybe not as much as we would uh, maybe not as much as i would have liked to or as much as we we should be yeah so since uh since 
like February, March, you know, since the start of the pandemic, we've all been in the same place, like exactly once. It was for uh, a live stream that we did in Becky's backyard uh, to announce the the record and the release date. Um, and honestly, I was impressed by how well that went, considering it was like basically, <laughs> basically unpracticed or like we were not we were not in the slightest uh, tight and and you know ready to ready to play a set or whatever. Um, we have like we have a WhatsApp chat uh, where every so often I'll just like send a chord progression or or send uh, a demo or something. I, I, Becky, I don't know what you use to like record stuff, um, but I. My first one is almost always on this app, uh, Spire, mm-hmm. which uh, I downloaded Spire because of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. I mean, it's like it can't, it doesn't do that much. It just has like a record button and and monitoring. It's better and, voice memos. It's like yeah, better. yeah. It's voice it's voice memos with like it's like eight track voice memos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the end, you can like turn the compression up if you want to. <laughs> Um, so I'll like, you know, record something really quick on there and then send it to the chat or save it for myself so that I can go do it on my laptop later. But like, honestly, I'm so bad at like getting creative work done, uh, during the, the academic semester. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll often just like, you know, not not write anything or not work on music for like a few months uh, while I'm at work and then try to get a lot done during, during breaks in the school year. Yeah. So um, before we wrap up, I, I think I saw online that you are having like another live stream thing on December 18th. Is that was, was yeah. Yeah, so we're calling that open mic night, um, okay. <laughs> but, but not mic like microphone. Mike like Michael, our bass player. He's all the right. one in the flyer. Um, the idea is uh, we're just all going to get on stream. Um, and since we can't all get together and, and play songs together, uh, we're just going to take turns playing songs Um uh, we're gonna work on it. Like I'm, I'm working on a couple covers. I know mm-hmm. Becky. I know Becky has a long list of songs <laughs> she can play. And they're all terrible. I'm like calling it right. I, I spent some time yesterday. I was like, oh god, how how embarrassing my list of covers. Um, there be some Hawthorne Heights in there. That's all I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> well, I think I think Mike's playing. I think Mike's playing a Saves the Day song. He wants okay. me to mention in every interview that Saves the Day is his favorite band. Okay. Um, <laughs> And uh, hopefully, hopefully Alyssa will be able to, um, because her her instrument in our band is you know drum set. Her main instrument in, in her in her life is uh, marimba. So oh. excellent marimba player. Oh. So good. Like yeah. the <laughs> the best show we've ever done as a band was when was when the four of us. Uh, who were in the band at the time went to Alyssa's like <laughs> her, like her her rap. master's recital. Oh my god, it was so good. We like all cried in the back, standing there. <laughs> it was she's way too talented yeah. to be in our band, but it was also it was also 
like the room was the room was packed. It was a <laughs> huge auditorium <laughs> packed with people. It was, it was more like it was a it was Bigger an auditorium show. up at Temple University. Um, it's more people than we've ever played for. Oh yeah. Um, and it was like, you know, she played like an hour of different like compositions on marimba and then on on drum set and she had this one song that was just like 20 minutes of like chaotic noise and her drumming this like insanely fast beat like like over it like without missing a single beat for like literally like 10 or 20 minutes it was the most like it was insane to witness it was like this yeah you know marimba players play with like they play with like four mallets at a time Mm -hmm. There's a Dang. name for the grip that she calls it, but I forget. She, I don't. I don't know what it is. Uh, I wish look, I remembered. It yeah. looks like crab claws a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully she'll be able to play a little bit of a uh, little bit of marimba at home. I know that she has some sort of some sort of setup uh, at home. Um, and hell, I might even play a play a song by the goalie's anxiety at the penalty kick. <laughs> okay, well, imagine. Although that. that that hasn't been that hasn't been confirmed yet. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, yeah, I guess uh, to wrap that that up, um, how how so like people just should just go to uh, your Facebook page and find out about that. Is there another yeah. way to for people to find out about that? Yeah. So um, it's gonna be on it's gonna be on Twitch. Okay. Uh, Twitch twitch.tv slash guide to birds. Um, and if you want to see like, you know, if you want to see more updates from the band, I know that we're on, I know that we're on Instagram though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky, is our Instagram just the goalie band? We, uh, yes, the goalie band. And we have like a link tree with like a lot of links. So that's a good hub. We also have a Twitter that Mike yeah. uses to shit post mostly. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, Mike, um, our bass player, uh, deleted his personal Twitter maybe a year before, a year ago, something like that. And then when the band started, actually, like, oh shit, we 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 seem to have something here. We we should probably get all the social media and stuff updated. Uh, he kind of took over the Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> occasionally, you'll see a good post and those ones are from me uh, <laughs> that's me logging in to 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 say something like would you like to buy a t-shirt or you should come to our live stream show um but else's mic. <laughs> but yeah all the bad posts are mike <laughs> like jekyll and hyde yeah, yeah. so um, at, at the goalie band on twitter uh at the goalie band on on instagram um I think those are all the places to find us. Yeah, and we posted a flyer. I think we do have a Facebook event with the um, with the stream, the the open mic night, and it's on Twitter too. So there's a beautiful image if you you know do yourself a favor and, and check out the image because it's very lovely uh, drawing of Mike. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you so much. And that was my conversation with Becky Hanno and Ben Kurtwright. Thanks so much to the two of you for taking the time to chat with me. We're going to have some bonus episodes coming up this week and next week with some album of the year list and other things. So stay tuned. 
Until next time, take care and do good things. 